0: Curtis Lewa, Curtis Lewa, Rip and read. Check this out. This is the Rip and Reed, featuring Curtis Lewa. Walking about. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Reed. Another one bites the dust.
1: Another one bites the dust, and another one gone. And another one gone. another
0: one bites the dust, hey. Hey. Get to, to. another one bites the dust. It's official, ladies and gentlemen. Number eight, notch on the belt of all those who have worked throughout the five boroughs to close the, the migrant centers that have been shoved down their throats. Throughout the city of New York by Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, on the ropes now by the feds, and mayor of the illegal aliens. I'm proud to announce that through great cooperation, the city of New York went into court before Wayne Ozzy, the State Island Supreme Court judge, a Democrat, and said, no mas, no mas. To a lawsuit that had been filed a while back to prevent the housing of illegal aliens at St. John Villa Academy. Remember recently Eric Adams had come on with Sid and said that he would withhold responding because he didn't want to be he didn't want to be boxed in. He didn't want to be boxed in. So the case continued and Eric Adams and Corporation Counsel did not appeal. That was great teamwork. You had the politicians in their lane, Democrats and Republicans, working together, led by Vito Fisella, the borough president, uh, and assisted by a lot of the local officials. You had then, uh, you had the lawyers, Lou Geraldomino and Mark Fonte. Amazing. They've been there always for the community, and they pressed the issue, and they won the case as Eric Adams Corporation Counsel in court before the Democratic judge, State Supreme Court Judge Wayne Ossie, had to say no mas, no mas. But most importantly, you had the rebels. And of special significance is not just the great organizing uh, work of Scott Lobato and John Tobacco. They've been magnificent, and they continue the battles now over at Midland Beach along Father Capadonna Boulevard as Eric Adams kicked out senior citizens some of whom were veterans of World War II and the Korean War. Gave them two months' notice, told them they had to leave to make room for illegal aliens. And assisting Eric Adams uh, in that was the Judas who, traditore, took his 30 pieces of silver, Jimmy Otto, who originally was the Staten Island borough president on the Republican and conservative line and then sold out to people of Staten Island and continues to do so. In this ongoing battle between, uh, all these forces that are saying not, no, no, not, not on Staten Island, not in Brooklyn, not in Queens, not in the Bronx, not Manhattan. We'll, we'll give you updates on all of that. But you see, Jimmy Otto became a Eric Adams Republican because he wanted the money. He sold out his own people on Staten Island for the money and he lost. He actually had posted Uh, previously came into court with his aides. And he said, yeah, Justin Ellick, he said, I'm here to kick ass. I'm here to kick ass. Really, Jimmy? Really? (laughs) Who's crying now, huh? You traitor. You Judas. Ah, they're all traitors out there. For the love of money. For the love of money. And the reason I bring this all up is because... Certain people are emerging now in defense of Eric Adams, who's on the rope. They want to believe the nonsense that, oh, he stood up to the president. And now, you know, the Department of Justice and the attorney general have weaponized uh themselves against him. And they're going to try to destroy him. Nonsense. Trust me, I've been following this case for months, for years. And the key players. For instance, there was um uh, Joe Borelli back on June 14th in the Staten Island advance, called me a degenerate liar, said I was making up the whole thing when I warned all of Staten Island that they were going to be putting a migrant center in the former campus of St. John Villa. He called me a liar. He said I made it up. He said I'm a rumor monger. He viciously attacked me and would not stop, called me a proven serial liar. And the Eric Adams administration, of which he's been so cozy with, because he always wanted a job himself there, he was always complaining he didn't make enough money as a city councilman. <laughs> he's always crying poverty. And for the first time, the Eric Adams administration rose to the occasion, even though they admitted that everything was in play, said, we can tell you specifically that Slewa has no access to our decision-making process and we will not put a migrant center in St. John's Villa. That was June 14th. And most of Staten Island turned against me, Democrats and Republicans. They believed, uh, uh, Joe Borelli was the hitman for the Eric Adams administration on this. Being a Republican, they figured, why, why would he do this? <laughs> I know why. And then in August, at the very first rally after it was announced by City Hall, they were putting a migrant center at St. John Villa Academy. Thousand showed up. It took me almost a half hour to make my way from the back of the line to the front of the line to speak to the crowd. And who came up to me? But, of course, Joe Borelli. And he said to me, would well, you stop saying that, that I want a job with the Eric Adams administration? I said, look, for now, until we deal with St. John's Villa, we're all working together. We're all working together, even my foes, my enemies, to stop the invasion of Staten Island. And it worked out. And then all of a sudden, I heard this morning that when Sid was talking about Eric Adams, of whom uh, he wasn't able to text or speak to for three days, as I had uh, stated here, Eric Adams had burner phones because the FBI had taken his phones and then gave them back three days later. When all of a sudden, who was it that rose to the defense of Eric Adams while he's on the ropes? But none other than his sickle fan, Toady and Lackey, the Eric Adams Republican bar none, Joe Borelli. Joe Borelli, uh, big shot politics on Staten Island City Council. I, like, I I'm to like Joe Borelli a lot. I like him a lot. He says, if the FBNY pressure is to quid to the pro quo, then the mayor is fine. That is an absolute nothing burger. I would be in handcuffs right now, bro. Well, maybe you should. Because that's one of the reasons that Eric Ulrich is very dear friend. The other Eric Adams, uh, Republican is facing jail time because he fixed it for Aldo's with the Department of Health. Aldo's right there on Pitkin Avenue and Woodhaven Boulevard used to be the Altadonna. Always a mob joint. Eric Ulrich hanging out there along with Zen candidate, uh, Eric Adams, and Ingrid Lewis Martin, a number of occasions, they even had fundraisers there with mobsters. That's one of the reasons that he's been indicted by Eric Adams' friend, Alvin Bragg. So Borelli says, oh, I would have done the same thing for the Turks. Turks, Erdogan, Erdogan, who has said that Hamas are martyrs, freedom fighters, and that Israel and the Jews deserve what they're getting. Erdogan, Turkey. And that's where Eric Adam was getting his funds from, in addition to other places. But there's a history of this um, Justin Alec. In fact, it goes back to when the great Bernard McGurk was still alive, still broadcasting with Sid Rosenberg. Once again, we honor him every time I come on the microphone. Without a doubt, the greatest combination producer and talk radio show his, uh, in the history of this thing that we love. We miss him dearly. Bernard McGurk and Sid Rosenberg. Uh-oh, here comes another text. Somebody else that Curtis mentioned last night that you played. Oh. The other guy. you met, you. Eric, uh, Eric Ulrich. Bang. Eric Ulrich, one minute ago. Curtis is a jerk-off. Eric Ulrich, just now. Joe Borelli is right. Wow. So now uh, well, I'm listen. getting text from Borelli and Eric Ulrich. Well, here's the thing with Eric Ulrich. Eric Ulrich was uh, a city councilman, Republican, and then during the Adams campaign against Curtis, he was advising Eric Adams. As a Republican, he was that's advising true. Eric Adams. He needed a job, so what? And now, Well, he got the job, the, the right. pa- a patronage job uh, called Buildings Commissioner. And Curtis uh, said yesterday on the radio, he said, that's a no-show job. I know. That's like That's not true, though. It's not true, really. No, he goes to work. He's got an office. He's got a picture of his girlfriend. He goes there 9 to 5? I don't Uh, know the exact hours. I think he probably takes a bathroom break and gets to have lunch. I don't know. uh, What were his qualifications for uh, building. He knows a lot about buildings. What are you talking about? He lived in a building. He grew up in a building. He lived in it. (laughs) That's uh, right. He took elevators in the building. That's exactly right. (laughs) All right, so we'll take it all back. Take it all back. Yeah, well, he tried to shake down Mr. Otis in the elevator. Every, uh, Every elevator has Mr. Otis in there. This guy was already the buildings commissioner, and his phone was being tapped. And I warned everybody out there. Remember, Justin Alec, Did I warned Sid over and over, do not talk to Eric Ulrich, he's wired up like a Christmas tree. I warned Joe Borelli, and Joe Borelli on these airwaves said, I talk to him every week. So today we started reaching out to all the Eric Adams Republicans, of which there are many. And ask them, have they received a letter from the FBI? The FBI has sent out many letters. But you have to, through the Department of Justice, if they listen into your conversations, they must inform you. It doesn't mean you're a target, and they let you know that in the letter. So very simply, we we allowed this to sit for a week. And this morning, uh, uh, our news guy reached out to uh, Joe Borelli's staff and said, did he receive a letter from the FBI? It's very simple. It's either yes or no. Well, the reason I'm questioning is because we know he did. But let him say no. We're waiting for your response, City Hall Joe Borelli, because remember, you called me the degenerate liar. I was right. And you sided with City Hall and claimed that St. John Villa would never have a migrant center. You are a double udisgraciata. Ohio. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Slewa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. Going up. As the battles continue, the optics of protests clearly have uh, tipped in the direction of the pro-Palestinians, pro-Hamas, hordes that have gathered up, uh, not just in our country, but around the world. For instance, uh, over the weekend, 100,000 people were in the streets of Paris protesting against anti-Semitism. That was a good showing. But then they had 300,000 in the streets of uh, London uh, on behalf of the Palestinians pro-Hamas. And to be honest with you, if you've ever been to France like I have, particularly in the outer suburbs of Paris, where it's all North Africans, all Muslims, uh, they could put a million people in the streets to protest against the Jews, against Israel, and there'd be a lot of anti-Semitism to boot. Remember, Macron basically clammed down on any of those protests. But if he allowed those protests, they'd have a million easily. Uh, blaspheming Jews, blaspheming Israel. In fact, uh, when I was in Israel, many of those that were coming in were actually French Jews who were afraid to live there anymore. They were doing their ally in Israel. And many of them were French Moroccans that were flying right into a lot, right where the Red Sea uh, meets uh, Egypt uh, and Aqaba Jordan and Sharm el-Sheikh Egypt and a lot. And you can see the tip of Saudi Arabia in the distance. So it continues. The optical battle is being won by the pro-Palestinians, the pro-Hamas demonstrations. They are more energetic. They have younger people involved. It's become very hip and happening to be wearing a kafia, to have a shmata on your head, especially a green uh, shmata, which is the symbol of Hamas, the ruling government of Gaza and its number one terrorist organization. They committed a pogrom against the Jews of southern Israel on October 7th. That cannot be denied. But they're growing in strength. The protests have gone from campuses into the streets they are worldwide, and when I see protests on behalf of Jews, it's generally Jews talking to Jews and not even in unity like the Jews of Israel are now who were at each other's throats before October 7th, and they have decided to have a unity government to preserve themselves against all their enemies. That's not the case here. Uh, the major mistake has been to let groups like the UJA, uh, JCRC run these uh Unity demonstrations in which Republicans need not apply, conservatives need not apply, conservative Jewish groups need not apply. And then always to have as a keynote speaker, the schmuck to putz, Chuck E. Cheese Schumer. Oh, my God. He gives the same freaking speech he's been given for 10 years. He's boring. He's a rally killer. You could just see the life is sucked out of everybody that is there. So I'm looking at the latest attempt at a demonstration in which our own Sid Rosenberg, who has become a virulent uh, Zionist because of October 7th, and his wife Danielle, they're going down tomorrow after the show to Washington, D.C. for the Jewish Federations of North America that's holding a march for Israel. So you'll have like 60,000, 70,000 Jews. That's a good turnout. But it pales in comparison to what the pro-Palestinian uh, demonstrations and pro Hamas demonstrations turned out two Saturdays ago down those same streets in Washington D.C. and then they went into the Washington Mall I have said if you are going to compete from the chance of the river to the sea Palestine must be free <laughs> So that's the uh, cry all over the globe and throughout uh, the United States on both coasts, East Coast, West Coast. And it has just overwhelmed the pro-Jewish, pro-Israeli response because, again, it's just Jews speaking to Jews. I have said for the last month, you need the evangelicals. You need them. But the people who are the leaders of these Jewish so-called unity rallies don't want the evangelicals because of two reasons. They think uh, that all evangelicals support Trump. Most do. And they think that the evangelicals are going to try to convert the Jews who attend to Jews for Jesus. Hey, look, some of the evangelicals, they're always trying to convert. Always. That should not prevent you from joining your true friends, your true supporters out there. The evangelicals. Look, they even advertise on this station. Through the Christian and Jewish Alliance, former Congresswoman Michelle Bachman from Minnesota.
1: This was the attack that was meant to be genocide. This was an all-out, absolute demonic hatred. And so we, who are the beneficiaries of Israel, our role is to bless the Jewish people. And if our Jewish brothers, our Jewish sisters ever needed blessing, it's now. It is now.
0: You don't hear that from anybody else. She was a presidential candidate. Another presidential candidate, evangelical, former governor of Arkansas, Mike Huckabee. Hello, this is Mike Huckabee. This would be an incredibly important time to stand with our friends in Israel because we believe it's what God would have us do. Let's do all we can to partner with the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. They're advertising on this station. It's called the Christian and Jewish Alliance. Why wouldn't they be invited up to the stage? You know why? Because the Jewish market say, oh, they're Trumpers. They're going to try to convert us to Jews for Jesus. Then the number one televangelist in the world. Nobody has more followers than preacher Benny Hinn. By the way, a Palestinian who was baptized by the patriarch from the Greek Orthodox Church in Jerusalem and then became an evangelical in 1972. Listen to what he says. And you know, I talked to some precious saints that um,
1: don't really understand the importance of supporting Israel, mm. because God
0: says, "I will bless them that bless you." And blessing Israel doesn't just mean, "Well, I bless you."
1: Yeah.
0: you have to stand with them in the out of need. Mm-hmm. And today, the nation of Israel is a miracle. No if you look at forty-eight. 67. It really, it's a miracle that God would bring a people back to their country, mm-hmm. speaking the same language. That's right. I mean, think about the miracle. You know, you think about America. Mm-hmm. How many of us speak our mother's tongue? Yeah. Hardly any. That's right. After one generation, we, we forget it. English. Yeah.
1: 2,000 years, that's a long time. And they came back speaking Hebrew because the prophet
0: Jeremiah said they would. The number one televangelist in the world was born a Palestinian. You don't even invite him to the stage. And what about the Reverend Kenneth Copeland? Listen to him, and he's in the background at his mega church. One of his female parishioners is reciting to the congregation of 6,000 why they must support the Jews, why they must support the state of Israel. We pray
1: now, Lord, most specifically for uh, all of the over the borders of Israel. We pray over all, all possibilities of attack now and in the future by land, by air, by sea underground, in the name of Jesus, tunnels, tunnel attacks, tunnels coming up inside of communities, in the name of Jesus. Lord, there be a, a mass working, a supernatural mass working. Lord, work with the military. Work, Lord, wherever military is not available. Work to deliver. Work to deliver. Work to deliver. Those who are held captive work to deliver those who've been kidnapped. Angels at work not only to protect, but to provide a way of escape in the name of
0: Jesus. Who else is showing support for the state of Israel and Jews other than the evangelicals? And then I'll leave you on this note. The reason that you Jews should invite evangelicals to your unity rallies that are not unity rallies at all because they don't even invite all Jews. Well, why would you leave a group out that tomorrow could put a million boots on the ground for you all across America and the Palestinian protesters would be in awe? They get a few thousand. The evangelicals could put a million people out on the streets of America and through the heartland of America Overnight, but you gotta ask them.
1: Remember, standing with Israel does not mean you are against the Palestinian people. It means you are against their evil leaders, Hamas, who seek to annihilate the Jews just like Haman in the Bible. As a Jewish woman living in Israel, I am telling you, Christians, it's time to stand with the Jewish people. Because just remember what the Bible says if you remain silent at this time, Relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish.
0: So the evangelicals are in it. They got the whole nine yards. And yet I'm looking at this March for Israel tomorrow that our own Sid Rosenborough, son, Sid Rosenborough and his wife, uh, are attending. They are strong Zionists now. I don't see the mention of any. Any Pentecostals, any evangelicals, any charismatics, any televangelists. Shame on you. Now I'm going to tell you why you don't hear from any other Christians. Justin and Ellick, uh, I'm the only one telling this story. Have you heard of Roman Catholics speaking out in defense of the state of Israel and Jews? Leaders I'm talking about. Not not members of the flock, Of course not. Have you heard from uh, the Greek Orthodox or any of the Eastern Orthodox faiths? Of course not. Lutherans? No. Episcopalians? No. Methodists? No. Presbyterians? Hell no, man. They sided with the Palestinians against Israel years ago at their synod. So why are all these groups basically waiting on the sideline and not supporting the state of Israel and Jews the chosen people who did the heavy lifting for the Old Testament, which helped lead into the New Testament of Jesus Christ, who, by the way, when crucified was a Jew, it's about the real estate. Doesn't anybody understand that? It's all about the real estate of the holy city of Jerusalem, that portion that is behind the walls, the walled part of Jerusalem. You have a Christian quarter that is run by the Greek Orthodox. You have the Armenian quarter, You have the Jewish quarter by the Western Wall and the Dome of the Rock, and then you have the Muslim quarter. So it's divided into four. Notice, you don't have a Catholic quarter, because it was the Catholics that had launched eight crusades against the Muslims. They were the ones. France and England provided the troops and the money for the Vatican, and the Vatican led the armies to supposedly liberate Jerusalem from the Muslims. Eight crusades, and along the way, they launched some pogroms against the Jews just to practice. And they were repelled, finally. The leaders of that were the foundation of the Templars. They were the warriors. And the Muslims won won under Saladin. Saladin then allowed the Greeks, who did not participate in that, the Greek Orthodox, to have their churches. That's why it was divided up into a a Greek Orthodox quarter, an Armenian quarter. In fact, you have the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, which to Christian uh, groups, regardless of who they are, is the most holy of sites in the Holy City, in the old city there, where Jesus was crucified, buried, and rose from the dead. Right there in the Christian quarter. It is a Muslim family that opens it up, and it's a Muslim family that closes it, and all the different Christian groups inside are clashing all the time. But it's really run by the Greek Orthodox. They are superior to everyone else. But think about it. It's all about the real estate. They want it to be an international city. They don't want Israel in charge of Jerusalem. No. They want it to be an international city. They want the United Nations in charge. If nothing more, behind the walls of the holy city, the old city of Jerusalem with all the religious shrines that is already divided up into four. And the main proponents of that are the Roman Catholic Church because right now they have ugats in Jerusalem. They have bufkis, right? The strongest Christian church around the world. The Roman Catholics who own more real estate than anybody but the Church of England don't really have anything in the Holy Land. Think about that. Just like here in New York City and in other places, this division of who supports Israel and who doesn't amongst Christians is often based on the real estate. And you know something? The evangelicals, the Pentecostals, the charismatics, they don't care about the real estate. They just care about supporting Israel and Jews, who they say are the chosen people, because they brought them the Old Testament. The Old Testament, every evangelical must read first. The Old Testament of God the Father, Hashem, so they could understand the New Testament of Jesus. So know who your friends are, and put them on the stage. Have rallies, evangelicals and Jews together to support the state of Israel, and you will have millions in the street. Let's see what happens tomorrow in the Washington Mall when Sid Rosenberg and Danielle, now Zionists, join possibly fifty to 60,000. Did they invite any evangelicals? To be continued. Featuring Curtis Leewa now to the Bernard McGurk studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Leewa yeah we gotta dust this uh, song off it's a song of the rebels we've been successful in stopping illegal aliens. ...from uh, being housed in eight separate migrant centers around the city of New York. All of them brick and mortar. Although originally, when Eric Adams tried the tent in Orchard Beach, the parking lot, he had to take it down. And his uh, second attempt at a tent on Randall's Island, he had to take it down. But as you can see, he's come back with a vengeance with the tents. And it's very interesting because yesterday... There's a lot of information, misinformation. Uh, I just wish these politicians would just shut up and let this situation play out. So the city had said they were going to bus in to Floyd Bennett Field on runway 19, where there are four huge tents and all the amenities to take care of women and children, uh, that they were going to bus in the first families. There would be 25 families of 100 total. Okay, the bus arrived and there were families. And apparently, uh, some of the families decided they didn't like the facility. It was too far out, too cold, not near uh, any uh, anything that struck uh, of being in Western civilization. So most of them apparently went back on the MTA money taking agency bus, and they went back to uh, uh, the Roosevelt Hotel for reassignment on Grand Central. Okay. All of a sudden, the politicians were dancing the horror, the Tarantella. They don't want to be here. Meantime, buses came at night. Any of you who've been with me in these battles know there's an ebb and a flow. You lose some, you win some. The city has massive amounts of resource, both human and fiscal. And in this case, it's Kathy Crime Wave Hochul who's paying the bill. It's the federal government that gave them permission to put the tents up. And it's Eric Adams who's leading the charge to school all of you. So I'm fascinating because I'm watching that Eric Adams was there late last night. He normally does not go to these migrant centers at all. And he does a a video that he posts on his Twitter feed. And he's basically talking about all that he's going to do with fam, for families and children. And I have always said from day one, hold your power. Don't demonstrate against women and children. It's bad optics. It makes you, you you appear to be racist and xenophobes and uncaring, especially now the temperatures are hovering around freezing. Thank God they stopped it. God, they had five people out there, 50 cops. All right, they stopped it. They listened to me. But now this is all being set up, what I've said for months at my many town hall meetings and rallies, that he's going to try to bring in the women and children. Legal aid is going to go to court and say you can't house them in tents, which is true. He's then going to raise his hands and go, no mas, no mas, you see, I tried, I tried, but now I have no choice but to send in single, able-bodied young men of military age with nothing to do and nowhere to go, which has always been his intent. Four tents, he says, can house 2,000, and there room for more tents. Eventually, the goal is to house 7,500. And yet the Eric Adams Republicans keep giving him cover. In fact, uh, let's get a quick update. I will be on with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby discussing these issues uh, tonight on the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion. Uh, James Flippin, uh, have we gotten any response from Joe Borelli as to whether he got that letter from the FBI that they were listening to his conversations with Eric Overage? We still have not gotten a response, Curtis. We're waiting with bated breath to see if the email comes in. And yet he posted such support of Eric Adams, who's on the ropes because he's an Eric Adams Republican. I noticed that the member of the Common Sense Caucus, the Democrat Robert Holden, did not post anything in support of Eric Adams. The Democrat didn't. But Borelli, the Eric Adams Republican, did.